Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, baby. Let's get the people up. It's Monday, baby. October 3rd. Beginning of Q4. You already know the vibes. Hold on, let me get my call. Let's start get going. Woo! Hold on a minute. Let me tweet this shit out. Let's get everybody in here and let's get this party started. Let me get. Where's Mando at? Where's Mando at? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm excited. It's Monday, you know the vibes, let me pin the titles at the top, as usual, as usual, and here we go. (laughs) Master DJ. Yo, 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 what up, what up, good morning, good morning, GM, GM, Monday, October 3rd, 2022, look at that, another beautiful day to have a beautiful day, another beautiful week to have a beautiful week, another beautiful month to have another beautiful month, and another beautiful quarter to have a beautiful quarter and crush this shit, you grab the bull, yes, the bull, right by the horns, and you lead it towards a path of success. Hell yeah, I'm hyped up. I'm sure you can hear I'm hyped up. I'm sure you can feel I'm hyped up. And I'm hoping that you're all just as, and I'll say it again, hyped up for this incredible Q4 that the NFT, crypto, Web3, whatever the fuck you want to call it space, has got in store for us. Because let me tell you, my little my little pickies told me, a little birdie came on overnight and told me it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a very, very big one. I feel it in my core. I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my bones. It's going to be a big one. I'm telling y'all. OSF, Mando, Golden, JC, Rug Radio, every listener. What's up, y'all? Good morning. (laughs) GM, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much. I hyped up the whole fucking space up only to get GM, guys, from OSF. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that was great. GM, everybody, let's get it. I love this fucking awesome, beautiful energy we got for Q4. Let's go. <laughs> I'm dying. What's up? What's up, yo? Okay, Mango, come on. You can do better than that. How are you doing? Wow. Silence. GM, GM, straight GM, 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 GM. I'm left in despair right now. I, uh, I, 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 hold on, let me send you guys co-host invites. Uh, Right now, so it's done. Though you know what, I should co-host like somebody else right now with the energy you guys are giving me here. Um, I don't know what's going on. I feel I feel duped. I, I think feel rugged. I think they're looking at the markets. Uh, yeah, they're probably they're probably like um, knowing Ovi. He's preparing his talking points this second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like me, motherfucker. <laughs> you and me both, bro. You and me both. You know it. You know. You, you and me both. Uh, Classic here, Mando. I, I genuinely don't know if Mando was rugged though, because I didn't really hear you. I don't know if it's your mic, um, you know, that equipment, that 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 you know. Look, the only equipment that never fails you is a cell phone. 
uh, for Twitter for Twitter Spaces. It's the best equipment in the game. What's up, Mando? Let's try it again. Yeah, man. Can you hear me now? Yeah, but kind of like from afar. Does that make sense? Like it sounds like it doesn't sound as good as you usually do. In the meantime, while you fix that, Wizard, good morning. What's up? Simon, what's up? GM, GM. If Wizard is on, what's up? there's something going on. Like, I don't know. He doesn't just come on the show random. Like, he just, like, I don't know if you noticed, Osef, like, he'll show up, show up, like, here and there for a couple market reports. So something must have happened. I don't know what it is because I have not looked at the price of ETH. I have not looked at the price of Bitcoin. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's when he makes money. Ah, yeah, that's when his knees hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Wizard, I think you had a post last night. Was that copy pasta or was that real? About like Which the one? market, the the market, the the one about like a it's not a bear market until Wizard says it's a bear, or something <laughs> like that. Oh no, that's not. That's just moving arrogance. That's funny. By the way, you two South uh, Wizard, you from far? Anyways, let's get right into it because clearly we were itching to talk about the market today on the show. Macro and NFT daily summary and weekend recap per usual. What is going on at Credit Suisse? Oh, that's why he's here because I saw you tweet back at that guy. Uh, there's a lot of speculation going on uh, towards towards our, our European brothers and sisters. Whatever is going on over there, there's a lot happening. So we're going to talk about this Credit Suisse thing because it's already being used in the form of somehow to fund markets and whatnot. From some people probably don't know what they're talking about. Uh, so I'm happy that we have Mando Osef and we have also uh, our, our honorary uh, uh, market expert wizard on stage here too. Um, and then, and then um, is Renga the next big PFP? I mean, oh, sorry, hold on. I think I have a hot mic. Is Renga the next big PFP? Uh, we did have, uh, we did talk about it a few weeks ago. We're going to talk about it again today because clearly it has a, had a huge problem today. Uh, some interesting stuff also come out of Gary Gensler today. Oh, evil crypto. No, I'm kidding. It was mostly about Kim Kardashian, but he did mention crypto quite a lot in his video. Uh, funny production, though. Uh, the chair of the SEC in that video it's kind of funny not gonna lie I think yes you'll see it I'll pin it at the top after uh, and then music NFTs with sound.xyz founder David Greenstein <laughs> it's gonna be a good show uh, they've got a great platform going on there and definitely you see me tweeting music NFTs a lot so let's learn about it anyways without further ado I've talked too much already for today let's get right into it come on why does it play that's weird there you go. Daily Market <laughs> Report. Brought to you by Rug Radio. Hey guys, yeah, I gotta say, just like absolutely fucking classic uh, market squeeze and reaction this morning or afternoon if you're in Europe like me. Um, I think I felt like my feed was like max bearish over the weekend, like NFT Twitter talking about CDS spreads and, and Credit Suisse defaulting. And I think like, a lot of stuff where people I don't think really knew what they were talking about. Um, but yeah, today, I, actually, to be fair, like I do think like Credit Suisse, CDS, and Bond sold off massively in the morning. I think they're now, it's now actually off the wides. But um, very strong market, overall market reaction this morning, led by interest rates. Um, two year, the whole curve is anywhere between um, 20 to 25 bips lower in yield terms, which is a, a massive move. That's like a 5 to 6% move um in in uh, in those yield curves two years now back to 407 i think the highs in that was like 430 so huge huge rally in interest rates here um as a result equities are up uh one and a half two percent on both s p 500 and nasdaq um and then crypto is like i think we sold off a little bit over the weekend and now we've we've bounced 
it seems to me like we're probably at similar levels where we were Friday. So crypto hasn't quite caught up with that move, maybe. But we had a huge outperformance, obviously, um, over the last few days of last week. Uh, but yeah, just like a mega, mega squeeze in, in macro here. And funnily enough, it comes after a couple of days of everyone being max bearish. And just time and time again, it goes to show, um, you know, people are getting chopped. I think people are just getting chopped up, trying to sell or short the lows. And a lot of what's going on is just very, very, very well telegraphed right now. Like everyone knows we're going to recession. Everyone knows inflation is a problem. Everyone knows the Fed's hiking interest rates. Like all these things aren't unknown. And people start comparing them to things like, oh, like, you know, what about COVID? Or, you know, what about the financial crisis? Like, dude, like COVID was like a complete black swan event that escalated in the space of two or three days that was completely unforeseen. So people couldn't position for it. That's why we had such massive drops. People had to panic sell because they couldn't spend months and months positioning for it. Um, you know, a similar thing happened with the financial crisis, although the writing was on the wall there, um, the liquidations you saw across banks, like these came as, as new information and as surprises and people couldn't position for them. Whereas what's going on right now, barring anything with, with CS or DB, um, this has been on the cards and in our news feeds and, 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 you know, like daily media for at least six months now, if not longer. And just think if you and I are seeing this for at least six months, think about how long all the institutions have had uh, to prepare for this. So, um, you know, everything is just a known quantity right now. And I think that's why you're seeing these squeezes in, in stocks and in interest rates because um, people have position, position for it. There's no surprise element to it. I think if something like Credit Suisse blew up, that would have huge contagion effects and there would be surprise factor to that. But look, like, you know, despite what people are talk, saying about CDS spreads um, on Twitter, remember, most of these guys probably don't know, understand how to price CDS, what that spread actually signifies. And let me tell you something, if people are talking about default risk, you're not talking about CDS and spreads. You're talking about CDS and points up front, which actually tells you the probability of default. So you can't even really infer probability of default from a spread. It doesn't actually make any sense to do that. Um, uh, so there's just a lot of like um, garbage, I think, on Twitter with regard to that. And you know, they're not, CDS spreads aren't pricing in defaults for Credit Suisse or any other bank for that matter. Um, but yeah, I'm not really surprised at this huge squeeze. I think one thing to note is Oil's up a lot. Oil's up at $83. And there was some commentary on um, over the weekend on OPEC potentially cutting production to sustain prices, which would be the first time they've done that since COVID. So, um, you know, that's definitely a bit of a, a, a headwind for the inflation narrative. If they do go through with something like that, we, we wouldn't like to see that. Um, but that's why oil's up this morning. And I think that's kind of it. It's quite the great breakdown over here. Mando, I saw you. I mean, we might as well, like, you know, kind of reeling the Credit Suisse topic into the macro market before we get into strictly like NFTs, crypto, Web3 and all that. But, you know, I, I saw you make a thread, write a thread about that. Do you know if you have any uh, any additional thoughts on this? I'm actually looking through your uh, Twitter so I can pin it for people that want to hear more. Here, I just pinned it at the top for, for anyone uh, curious. But Mando, go ahead. Yeah, like I think what Obi just said um, just didn't didn't everyone got ahead of themselves like assuming that we're about to go through the financial crisis uh, again and you could just tell it because it was like i don't know i wouldn't say it was low quality accounts i would say it was suddenly getting really really uh hyped on the idea that suddenly credit suisse was about to blow and deutsche bank was about to blow um and it just like objectively it just doesn't really look that that close to that in my in my opinion like credit suisse is right now i think cds trades at 275 and that's got like a default probability of about 2.6% um, over the next year. So that gives you a, like a, a more reasonable assumption of how likely Credit Suisse is to default. Yeah, it's blown out wider than it was in 2008. 
but Credit Suisse wasn't in any sort of uh, financial duress during 2008. Um, so this is actually quite a low CDS spread, uh, I would say. Like, it's not that it can't go. It's just that Credit Suisse is a much, much larger institution than just the investment bank. It's got a massive, like, these are the Swiss private bankers, right? They have a massive uh, private wealth management arm, asset management arm, and local uh, Swiss Swiss banking arm, which is like the vast majority of their AUM. I think it's it makes up about 80% of their AUM. I think the investment bank itself is about 200, 200 billion. Um, so it's, it's not anywhere near as big as, as um, people are, are saying it is, and it's not as close to it defaulting as people say it is. Now, that's not to say it can't go. I think the investment bank itself, that unit of the bank, is like completely toast. And maybe that, that exposes other weaknesses in the bank, and you could see it like gap out. But they have very, very good businesses at Credit Suisse, namely their private wealth management uh, division which is like one of the best in the world so don't assume this is like when when lehman and bear stearns went like lehman was just an investment bank and the same for bear stearns these are like boutique basically investment banks so when they went they it was pretty much the whole of that balance sheet which got destroyed and they also had massive leverage positions credit suisse is not that sort of animal even though the investment bank could go and i think that's just something to to note um, now you could see like this causes some c- contagion, so like people start getting worried about other European banks and Deutsche Bank, which is the other big bank that everyone mentions, is a much bigger bank and does have a, a profile much more similar to let's say a Lehman or Bear Stearns during the crisis. But right now that CDS trades at about 150, which is basically an implied default rate over the next year of I don't know, less than 1.5%. So it's it's not. We're not talking like surefire bets. People are assuming that you know Credit Suisse is about to shut all of its offices, and like we're just nowhere near that concept. The other thing to notice is that like it's it's a Swiss bank. Like the Swiss debt to GDP ratio is from like 40% versus the US at like 120, 130. Like the Swiss government, this is like a like a very very important financial institution for the for in Switzerland. They could bail out Credit Suisse tomorrow, and it wouldn't affect their credit spreads, and it wouldn't affect their credit rating in any way. Like they are a Switzerland's one of the richest countries in the whole world. So, um, again, like you just have to put it into the context of the financial repercussions of this. It would be nasty, and I'm sure that the market would sell off, but this isn't an 08-style Lehman-like destruction. Oh, man. Lehman-like. Lehman-like. Yeah, just FYI, Credit Suisse <laughs> stock is up like 3% today. What is it? Sorry, go ahead. Credit Suisse stock is up like 3%, almost. It's like the FUD played in their favor. It's like people dug in and were like, wait, there's nothing going on there. <laughs> it's kind of it's what it sounds like it to me. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting. I was I was curious about it all weekend. Obviously, I read that there was some like thread about it and like comparing it to, to um, what is it called? Um, Lehman Brothers and that event going on. This is that. Uh, it was it was interesting to see. And as soon as I read Mando's thread and, and <laughs> the wizard going at it all weekend long, it was quite great, not gonna lie. Um, that was that was um, I I completely like switched. You know, I was like, okay, not, not like false flag here. However, uh, Mando, you did mention Deutsche Bank, and you said it's a different animal. Is it something to be worried about there? If Deutsche Bank were to go, it would be massive. Like Deutsche Bank is one of the is pretty the biggest bank in Europe. It probably lends to you know the majority of the profitable companies in Europe, which are based in Germany, have Deutsche Bank as their lender. Um, and that has a massive, massive derivatives book. It also has a massive um, investment bank, one of the, uh, one of the biggest in many, many different markets in Europe. Like if that were to go, 
uh, and particularly because you know Europe's in the state that it's in right now. Remember, um, Switzerland is not part of the EU or doesn't use the euro. It's, it's a completely different financial system. Um, I think that would be far more worrying. And but just to put into perspective, there's a 1.5. Currently, markets predicting a 1.5% chance that Deutsche Bank will go under in the next in the next year. So. There's, there's probably just anything can go under, but that's that's not particularly high right now. And in the past, Deutsche Bank CDS has traded far wider, it traded like 500 bips, which is, which is much much wider. If this was to default, just to put when you see these graphs on on uh, and it says oh you know Credit Suisse is trading at 250 and Deutsche Bank is trading at 150. If a name is about to default, it will trade at 10,000 bips plus. So that could put you in some sort of perspective that like we're not that close to the, these things coming close to default. There you have it. Look at that. Look who we got on stage here today. We have an honor, another honorary market expert on the stage. Elio Trades, what's up, baby? What, 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 what did we do to be blessed with your presence this morning? Well, I'm just, I'm just excited to hear the the discourse in NFT land uh, going sort of beyond beyond the art, beyond the images, and taking into account sort of like the macro environment the the motion of the ocean and around the around the whole ecosystem and um yeah it's been you know i've always loved nfts but i came to nfts from crypto land and i came to crypto land from startup tech land and so i've always sort of had like a a little bit of like you know different perspective on on how things fit together and so you know it's it's awesome to see the sort of evolution of the spaces and the, the way that people analyze and i think like the first few minutes of this space have has been excellent so osf a great great breakdown um and yeah just to echo on that you know the credit suisse situation is is not nearly as bad um as like fintwit is making it out to be and like they may default in the future but it's not happening like today and um and yeah like it's just awesome to to, to see you know people pulling apart the information because it will help you eventually make money in nfts to understand uh what's going on all around us and and yeah i just think you guys are doing a, a great job it makes me want to like be more of a part of these types of spaces and contribute more because i feel like there's more of a conversation about sort of like what's really going on and i appreciate that hell yeah thank you very much i appreciate that yeah osf and mando they crush it when it comes to macro and i, I tweeted about that last week thing on friday i was like these guys did this for like 10 years before even doing this maybe more i don't know i don't want to admit, like i don't know is it more than 10 years less than, anyways i know it's around 10 years you guys been trying i was doing it. it from birth i think osf was doing yeah. it around birth as well yeah i wouldn't be surprised if you guys have been doing it from birth and 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 then I, and then at osf's wedding i found out how much of a chad trader he was i had no clue he was that big of a chad until every single best man of his was giving an incredible speech about his trading and i i pinged i i i, I elbowed mando i'm like yo how much? How much was this guy actually trading? Like, was he like crushing it? And then he gave me the number, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, <laughs> I had to, Obi. I was like, "Wait, what's going on here?" But then he did say, "Yeah, but on his last year, I beat him." Uh, not gonna lie, true story. Uh, and so, <laughs> but you know, I think it's interesting, like, because it gives a different perspective. Of course, we're about to dive into NFTs, crypto line, like in a second. But I love how we start with macro because it's important for people to understand what's happening. Because from Bloomberg to Forbes. To, all the major publications, they'll come hammering down on how our volumes are dry. But, like, look at what's happening outside of, like, this metaverse or whatever you want to call it, right? Look at what's happening outside of this Twitter bubble that we live in and we log into and then we log out of just to go to sleep. So it's important for people to understand what's going on. So I appreciate the props uh, for my co-hosts who are incredible uh, over here. I love these guys. 
a wizard, of course, who comes in every now and then to also give us the sauce. So I love that. And with that, um, I think we should dive into to, to the NFT side of things. Uh, some movement over the weekend on the Ranga side and whatnot. But first, oh, it fails me every time today. Oh, there you go. <laughs> GM, GM. Yeah, look, it was a good weekend, I think, for NFTs. Renga, Renga's one of the best things that's happened in NFTs in a long time, right? Like a new collection, which every single other pump that's happened has always been sold, and Renga's gone all the way up to uh, has gone all the way up to three. It's kind of retraced back to like low twos, but it just has good momentum about it, and I think we haven't seen a collection do that for a long time, particularly like a, a more recent collection. So. Um, yeah, that topped out around three, and then it's hanging out at two and a half now. There were, it was easily the, the most uh, traded collection. The black boxes are now up to four and, four and a half area. Um, and then uh, Bored Apes kind of trended a little bit lower. That I think it's mainly due to the Ape ETH pair trade. Like that's, that's gone from, I think that's down about 20, 30% in the last 10, 10 days. So um, that retracing slightly has meant that I think people are holding them less into the staking, and that's the same with the mutants as well. I don't. I, I think you know the staking is going to come at the end of this month. I, I assume there'll be quite a lot of buying of ape into that, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how that trades. But yeah, for now, as that as that pair trade ape ETH has has um, has gone against uh, the NFT market, let's say, then the uh, NFTs associated with staking have come down. You saw the um, you saw the Jenkins the Valley. Uh, reveal of Azabalo, is it? Or Azabella? Um, which didn't go that well. well. It was like a year ago already. That was, fr- oh, we haven't spoken since. We don't host on the weekend. That's that crazy. was Friday. That caused a lot of uh, pain, I think, for Jenkins. Um, we can maybe go into a little bit more detail. But yeah, those those bored and dangerous entities, I think, are now sub 0.3. And Jenkins, I think, is down sub 0.5. But they've had a good run up into into that event. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely something that had a lot of attention. I think over the weekend. Um, other than that, everything's been trending. Do, Do you think it was on purpose? The art being being like a talking point. I I genuinely like. I looked at it and I was like, how did these pass like the smell test? Because it's a big team and well funded. So yeah, like I don't know if there's a conspiracy about it. Like the the fact that they're all facing in the same plane and like one of them's wearing a chef hat and, and like an Isabella like top one i was just like this this can't be real but um maybe maybe the reactions from the team seem like genuine so <laughs> it's just difficult to say like i kind of hope it's a troll but who knows no i saw the team i mean so to that like so i it's true like we don't host weekends or show and i realized it was friday evening that this happened um and but you know it's the founders were very quick to react like the the it's the reason why I know it's real, Elio. I thought that too at first. I was like, oh, maybe they're trolling because it's really funny and well done. Everyone's talking about it, right? Uh, but um, there is um, the, I mean, Safa and, and Valley Jones were quick to get on spaces and say how they're gonna try and work this out with their community. I think you saw like everything slash in in half, right? The price of the book and and the zeros and whatnot. Um, there was that obviously affected the the, the price point. Uh, but you know, the cool thing about teams like Jenkins and whatnot is like you'll know they'll just like. Like the the your usual like NFT project with shitty art will just like leave and like they're they'll just like go back to drawing board and work it out. But it's just like surprising that to me my only thing was like, and obviously I have a lot of respect for that team, 
We talk about them a lot here. I have 10 of their NFTs personally. Like I swept that floor a while back. Uh, and I love Fred Guy, who's the director of Vibes. But I was just surprised that something like that just made it through, uh, like, the, the check. Like, that was, uh, Mando was saying, like, the smell check or whatever, the t- taste check or whatever. Because it's like, you could tell that someone, like, you're going to get, like, it's almost like you can tell, like, you know at this stage, like, being in space so long, like, there's going to be some memes. There's going to be some, like, it's, like, unnecessary, like, like, it takes a toll on you mentally, right? When things like that happen, it sucks. And, yeah, we all memed it because it's part of culture. It's funny. Like, it's going to be a meme for, like, this is how it works around here. And, like, I've been in that seat, you know, more than once. But it, it's kind of part of the game. But I was just surprised, honestly, because so far, and I even tweeted out, I was like, I'm surprised that the amazing and hardworking team at Jenkins of LA let that one through. But, look, like, everybody needs to slip here and there. Um, so I'm curious to see how um, they're going to, like, uh, fix that and what art. But I'm curious, like, also, like, why don't teams, like, there is that's that made me think about the broader ecosystem in general. Like there are so many like incredibly talented artists in the space. Why don't teams and these teams have a lot of money? Like when you race through NFTs, like same goes to us, right? You have millions of dollars to build something, especially when you do a raise. Like I think they raised like twelve million. I don't know how much they raised. It was a lot of money. Um, I think it was led by like Chris Dixon and whatnot, uh, or Sixteen Z. But it's like, why don't you partner with like an artist that's very famous and then use that even in terms of marketing of it? Like it's a huge plus. Like there's so many artists that are fire. Like in this case, it's like I feel bad for the artists, but at the same time, we don't know who the artist is and whatnot. So at the same time, it's like, well, okay. So like, I think it would be better to just like partner with artists that have this like this this runway. They've been doing it. You see the art. They're out there. They're listening to the show. They're everywhere. And and I don't know. Do you guys agree? Like I think just and in the spirit of the space, you may as well just like do something big with the known artist or someone less known and put him on the map. I don't know. I just think this is much smarter to go uh, way to go about this. Yeah. Look, I think, um, I think the, the main takeaway was that like they, they've, they have an incredibly like engaged community and that's part of, you know, threat guy and a uh, number of other people. They're, they're great yeah, on communication. Of, it's about a bunch of diamond handed apes because they crushed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, and the, and the, the way that the, like, you remember the Jenkins mints, they all receive part of the royalties, right? So I think I saw today something like they, like if you own a Jenkins, you've got like 0.5 ETH worth of, of the royalties from the books or something like that. So it's like, it's it's been an interesting trade and pe- people really engage with it. And because it's like an offshoot of Bored Apes as well, you have a ton of Bored Apes in it. So I think, yeah, there's just questions about like, well, maybe, maybe you need to shift focus back to the art. But when I'd seen something like the promos for it, I, I kind of felt that they, they clearly spent some budget on like, doing the trailers and everything so i, I don't know I the just trailers, remember the uh, the first trailers of azerbala those were like like 10 ktf style trailers like chimper style trailers they, they were you were like wow those are cool and then i think that's why but the thing is like at least the community didn't hold back like you have like i saw d farmer for example he i'm sure he has he has like a bunch of apes with them you know frankly a bunch of people like they were just honest about listening like, we're surprised that this made it through you know Broke on top of that too. I remember when they had like uh, some complaints when they're getting ready to put the book out, and people were like bitching about the tail. Like these apes shouldn't have tails. And like I've known those guys since they first launched the project. Stop on them, and like what they're really good at is actually listening to the community feedback and then adapting. And I think that's key for so many projects in the space to be able to listen and adapt. Um, so maybe that was their intentional like idea what they're going to be doing, but maybe they're actually listening. Maybe they're going to change things. And at the end of the day, like. Yes, the artwork is extremely important that you're putting out as the initial one, but I have a big hunch that they're working more on like dynamic NFTs, and it's more about the story of how these will essentially evolve over time. Um, so I think of anything like 
it's just an opportunity to like listen for what they want from their community in the broader space. And like, they'll, they'll change it. Like they're not just going to sit on their ass and say, no, this is what we're going to do. Like if other people don't want it. So I'm excited to see what they have coming forward. And I, and I have zero bags by the way of it. No, it's fine. But look, like people who have bags and not bags, like, I have bags. And I was like, listen, like I, I'm not a fan. And whatnot. So it's like, I, it was, I, I like that people put the bag bias aside. And, and talked about it. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of scared to give these the mic because you had a viral tweet that day, but it was pretty good. Um. <laughs> Are we gonna see the first director of vibes get fired? Like has one been fired yet? Because this I don't this think might... we have. But <laughs> this, this might be. Close. Who did the vibe check on that project? I just want to know that. No, I saw someone say you need director of taste, uh, and so that was a good tweet. But it's um, but it's uh, listen, like, listen, I listen. Get leave thread guy alone. All right, I like the guy. Okay, I like him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, thread, thread guys, thread guys, such a nice guy, yeah. and like he's I think it for them, he's crushing it. He's just, yeah, he he started this whole storytelling NFTs like trend, yeah. and like, and it was cool. It was like really cool to see. It was really authentic. And all I saw in the timeline was people being like, "I love Thread Guy. This art's whack, but I love Thread Guy." And I think that like says a lot. But know? the thing is, he's not even the founder. If anything, like, you shouldn't fall on that. But I I see what Deez is saying about director vibes. Like, you should check the vibes before they go out. Uh, and, and I, I texted thread guys, a great guy. I was like, listen, like been there, done that. You're going to get a spanking over the weekend. A lot of memes me made about you just like, you know, stand strong and then just come back, you know, on Monday, refresh and get it, you know, like this is how it is. Um, storytelling NFTs here. I just put the tweet out. You have to, you know, every now and then you got to put it out. Um, just remind people Though today's music NFTs themed on rug radio. Cause we're going to have uh sound XYZ founder come on, come on as a special guest. But anyways, so the other stuff on the NFT side, I mean, Mando, dude, like, if you had listened to Rock Radio a few weeks ago, you'd probably into Ranga fam. Uh, not directly you, man. There's people, but no, because I remember Josh Brabowski right, came and gave his his thesis. But it seems like, and it's funny, right? Because and and these, it's funny you here because I was thinking about us on, on on back then, like in last summer. Uh, we were our, our thesis was just good art and good vibes, right? Like that was like remember, like that was kind of like thesis number one, good art, good vibes. Okay, founders dope. They're active. I bet that's a that's a bonus. And we used to eat the fuck into projects, which were now like for the most part, you know, tax loss harvesting. But a lot of them still have done good. Like you know, the vibe check. You know, for the ones who have done good, they've done very well. So you're good. You're good there, right? I saw you tweet about that. How you took some losses, but the ones who do good do very good. So it seems like so far from what I've read, like, and I had a thread. I think it was three weeks ago. Four weeks, I forgot. Like saying, yo, like, why should people like why should I buy any Renga? I bought one back then at the time, wish I bought more. But it seems like so far right now, it's really been around community vibes and artwork. And this somewhat of a potential tie to 10KTF. Uh, no, sorry, to WeNew, right? Which is 10KTF and 10KTF tweeted about it. So there's clearly something there that's undeniable. But aside from that, I think I think that's about it. And seeing it at 3 ETH today was, I mean, over the weekend was wild. Uh, I, I knew those black boxes at some point were really just underpriced. When you look at the price fly at like one and a half ETH and you have black boxes at two and so they've really crushed it, Mando. Like also, have, like they just killed it in terms of like the metrics, in terms of like how they've like game theory did. Right? It's just like well done, good art, and to me, like I'm, I love seeing people make money. I think this is awesome. I think it just, I think it just shows that like um, it's kind of like on theme or on brand with what we've seen in the last what feels like four or five months, where like we've seen like some really big crypto art sales. You've seen like. Um, historical projects that are art focused do well and the projects that are doing well now that are newer projects are also art focused and it just seems like um you know 
everyone everyone who was like in here for the quick flip on like PFP Mania and PFP Frenzy have kind of like left. And there's not really that many people around anymore. But the people that are around obviously do care about the art or do care about the taste. Um, and, you know, we've seen those projects do well. It's like, it's kind of like nice. I know like the bear market sucks and all, but it's kind of nice to see like projects with real merit actually uh, actually doing well. And it just goes to show like, um, it doesn't matter how bad, like shitty things can be. Like if you come with a good project with, and with good art, it will do well. There's money out there wanting to be spent. And, you know, the, the mammoth punk sales that we've seen in the last few days tell you that. I mean, and there's a huge ape sale as well. So it tells you there's money out there, but it's not going to get wasted on, on, on crap that's going to go to zero. It's actually going to go towards projects that have, um, to be quite frank, just like artistic merit. And I think Renga is an example of that. Yeah, I, I mean, Dirty Robot Works is someone that, you know, people have been following for a minute, right? So it's, uh, it's, um, it's, uh, it's good to see a project in this market, like, you know, get that, uh, get that pump, you know? You always got to respect the pump. What is that? <laughs> what is that video? <laughs> you guys I think, I think, uh, yeah, on. I know you mean. I, I got to get that one real quick. The pump always gets respect the pump. Uh, I respect the pump in all assets. Why? Because it's kind of like karma. You know, the power of the pump always comes back to you if you respect the pump of other people. It's, it's crazy, but I have this belief that whatever pumps, you have to pay respect. Because otherwise, if you're like, oh my God, this, this, this scam coin, this scam coin is pumping again. Actually, you are kind of rejecting. You're rejecting the pump from your life. Maybe it's a bit out there, you know, woo-woo, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all got to believe in something. And I do believe in the power of the pump. It's kind of like, you know, let the pump be with you. I went to bed yesterday. I told you guys on Twitter. I told you guys on Twitter. Uh, good night and let the pump be with you. Okay. This is how I see. Uh, it's, it's like this force. It's like this force that is all around us. And if you are, if you are really inviting the pump into your life, it will come. There so, you go. Uh, if you're inviting a, the pump in your that. life, it will come. Do you see? This is just a short like lesson on, on manifesting. What do you think, Mando? Yeah, look, I think um, <laughs> my my view on Renga is that they it's really good art. It's got everything, um, a lot of things strong about it. I think interestingly, it's like, its number of owners is actually quite low. It's still like below forty percent. But the owners are all um, like one K is like the anchor in that project, right? Um, and the difference between that, let's say. That and like let's say let's say Pranksy, for example, who often gets out when when a when a project he often is an anchor, but gets out when it goes to like two or three ETH. Is that one K just holds everything? So you've seen it has felt slightly like influencer led because you have some you have some big holders in there, and normally what happens is that that once it gets to a certain level, one of those big holders turns and sells, and then you've got like a hundred to sell, and that's still a risk with this project, right? Like it's there's there's some whales in Renga. Um, and the number of holders is quite low, but I would say that this, the, the good thing going for it is that those whales are generally some of the better holders. I would say. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, one K who is also at this, he's the largest holder of rug radio NFTs or assets as a whole. I mean, uh, I love that guy. He he's a smart dude, but he he does also invest in a lot of projects. It's cool to see. But when he has conviction, like he'll fucking go all into one and and clearly like. Wow, he's crushed it there. I think there's like 300 of them, right? I, I think I was looking at the Renga uh, top holders over the weekend. I think it's him. Uh, I, Farmer was tweeting he's above 100 and whatnot. Um, it's interesting. I mean, Ilio, have you looked into have you looked into Renga yourself? 
Yeah, honestly, I've been, um, I just got back from my honeymoon, so I'm kind of catching up a little bit on like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, first of all, I appreciate the Ivan clip still making its rounds because uh, Ivan was like the goat YouTuber of like 2018 and whatever. And there's just like a nostalgia to his voice. And uh, so I appreciate you guys circulating that clip. But no, I've been following the Ranga a little bit this weekend, trying to catch back up on things, obviously, um, you know, hearing what people think about it. Um, I'm sort of in the camp and I've always been in the camp of like, you know big on the gaming side and, and really favorable to projects that have games sort of in in the market um because i think you know in this sort of bear market era you know a game that catches will be really powerful so that's kind of always been my my worldview on like bear market activities um but i'm always fascinated to see like which projects are really striking a chord and it looks like ranga did a great job so i'll be studying them today and i'm curious what y'all think yeah, I mean, essentially, look, it's 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 giga pumped. You got to respect the pump, but that's one thing to always keep in mind uh, with uh, with projects like this. But it's, look, it's good to see, man. It's uh, it's it's working out pretty good for people who gotten uh, invested uh, early, and we talked about it a few times. So it's it's actually good to see. Um, Wiz, I saw you raise your hand and come back on stage when we're talking about this. Did you want to add anything to that topic or anything on the NFT space? Uh, hey, sorry, I just got kicked out. I not kicked out. I just ended up. Um rugging myself uh no i think the, i think <laughs> the ranga thing's good you know it's so it's uh i like it i kind of like screwed myself on that trade uh i bought the top sold the bottom classic but i think it's uh it's really good to see this kind of volume uh for any project i mean uh, definitely a pfp especially uh because a lot of people kind of wrote off pfps uh quite a bit over the uh, last like four or five months uh so it's it's good to i mean any uh, you know nft volume that comes in is definitely very good for the entire space uh i the Renga kind of feels to me like very doodle-esque type of like run like when doodles were at like you know that that a half to one eat and they kind of pull back and then they kind of shot up like i feel like very sim like the community the vibes everything feels very similar to me in Renga. I obviously have no exposure, a classic. But yeah, no, I, I, I just net net. I think it's all good, great for the space. You know, um, yeah, nothing else to add other than that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how how things play out. Because for now, like I said, community vibes, some big investors, uh, people with a lot of conviction, diamond hands, and then you know it has a lot uh, to it. Uh, but we'll see where uh, where it goes from there. But it's clearly doing good. And the art, look, I, I personally I like the art. Um, so we'll see then the QQLs. Uh, so back on the NFT market side of things, man, though, QQL seems to just have gone back to 15 ETH. I think it was about 23 ETH a pick, peak, which is pretty crazy to see. And if I'm not mistaken, there was also a um, hundred ETH sale of a QQL. I remember, um, I remember a 9059 uh, tweet about that, which was uh, pretty crazy. But besides that, like there's, not too much moving there. Azuki's moving back to. Well, we've had you've had also the, obviously the big sales which happened over the weekend, which was oh, the yeah. um, Danny selling his zombie. The zombie, um, the zombie the too. Punk's OTC getting involved in board <laughs> apes and and sold his uh his trippy um... for seven hundred and seventy seven ETH. Look at that nine hundred eighty ETH punk sale seven seven ETH ape sale within an hour. What do you think, man? Though, I think there are a lot of funds which actually raised capital yeah. either like private offices or or um private family offices or or like small crypto funds that had like an nft sleeve and they are after grails so um i i, I was surprised at danny's like ape and we even said this on the show like i thought i thought it could have maybe even gone for higher because i actually felt felt like that part of the market is more 
USD centric and has felt healthier even during the bear market. Um, so I, I continue to think that gra- we'll see grails trade, but it's just another, you know, I'm not saying we're going into a bull market, but it's another sign of life, I think, in the NFT market right now, which is really good. Um, QQL, Renger, and that, and like consistent high sales across punks and apes. That's, that's, we didn't have that in, um, in July or August. No, you love to see it. Dees, what you think about all that? I'm excited. Um, kind of just going off of what Mondo said, it's just nice to see it. <laughs> it's nice to see that there are buyers for these high value assets um, that we keep watching, you know, sellers want to capitulate on. So it's good to see that buyers are stepping in and we're not seeing like, I, I, I thought maybe that hoodie punk, the hoodie ape would go for like under 3000 ETH. So seeing it go for over 3000, you know, reaffirmed uh, there are fucking buyers around. Yeah, it's good to also see. Seeing like seeing the high right. sales. I was saying, seeing like you know, seeing the big sales also makes those projects seem more valuable too. Like if the if the tops are selling, then you know, like you know, it's worth something basically. No, that that that's exactly it. Um, and 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 you love to see it, uh, Danny. You know, taking out this mere forty three hundred ETH uh, over the span of twenty four hours. <laughs> It was just pretty crazy to see. And he's like, oh, wait, let me go now delist the rest of it because I'm, I'm good. You know, it's awesome. It's Look, like, I, I love seeing him pass hands too. And it's good to have these, like, market uh, markers. Like, when I Googled NFT or, or I think it was CryptoPunk um, on uh, Friday, was it? Or I sent you guys a screenshot. Uh, my little said, but was it Saturday? I forgot. It was, like, all about the punk sale and everything. So uh, you love to see those things. Um, you know, some some solid sales there. And I'm trying to look at the at the uh, at the volumes in general that we're getting right now. Yeah, I mean, it looks like um, OpenSea X2, Y2. Yeah, the usual, like 20, 25, you know, Magic Eden again, like 4 mil. So we're still hovering in the 25, 30s. There was a lot of chatter over the weekend, like I guess because the Bloomberg article was out that during the week, right? Weekday, but like people were sharing like the, the chart everywhere and whatnot, like talking about the price of uh, the, 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 the fluctuation, like fun, whatever. But like, again, we said on the show, but like, you hear about the macros that are pretty nasty every day. You hear them every morning if you listen Monday to Friday. But and then you're like, oh wait, we still did four hundred million dollars in volume last month. Like, I think it's something to to talk about because like it's uh and and it doesn't even you know it's tough to get like uh, uh stats from all marketplaces and whatnot at once and all blockchains whatnot. So there's a lot of things moving um, on the NFT side of things, and I find that great. I mean, look September. Let me look at September. I'm op- that's OpenSea alone, right? OpenSea alone, September looks like it did $350 million. Um, and that's without counting any other marketplace, any other blockchain, uh, really. So I don't know if you guys have some thoughts on that. I thought it was still like uh, good to see as uh, we head into Q4. Frog, I have one, with those stats, do you see uh, the number of wallets growing or shrinking? Because I think we even said this last year, like the most important metric for me still is the amount of new wallets and people coming into the space, not necessarily the total volume or amount traded. Does it show on that stats? Yeah, it does. I'm on the Dune. Um, and so in monthly NFT sold here, I'm looking at uh, September. There was there was a million, 1.3 million NFTs that sold. Uh, and then if I'm looking at active traders uh, in September, you're looking at, is that September? Yeah, from September. Yeah, hold on. I've got to be right. I don't know how to read this chart. Mando, you can help me. I'm on the dude. As of September, sorry, September 1st was 362. Now we're at 75,000 uh, monthly active traders. So it's not total traders is up, 
but not the active monthly traders. No, um, those are not up. No, number of traders has started coming down from July, the last yeah, couple of exactly. months. It's, but that's it's, it seems to be a lagging indicator for volumes, but yeah, it's come down. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and just, oh, thank you for DMing me that, Ilya. I'm going to pin it right away. I've seen that. I need to go mark it. But, the, but that's on ETH based wallets only, correct, bro? Yeah, yeah. I was looking just at OpenSea, bro. I was not even looking at like all the other platforms and everything else. Like, I was just quickly went to the Dune because it's like a good like market like pulse. But like that does not reflect the entire thing. I'll have it like all, we can maybe post it and like get it out there for tomorrow. But like to see like the total stats, exact numbers on across all blockchains and platforms. But it's uh you know the the Nansen intern pretty good follow actually. Um, and there's a bunch of good stats. I mean, Solana, he's on par with the uh, OpenSea intern, I think. Yeah, <laughs> the Nansen one does better with numbers, and uh, and dude, like Solana's hitting like record breaking, like uh, in terms of amount of people on the blockchain. Though uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about it quickly because that's also happened Friday. It did it did break uh, on Friday. Um, it stopped working, I think, for mere six hours. Uh, I don't know if anyone has some thoughts on that here on the stage. Yeah, I think that's it, it's gone a long time since it last w- went down. I think four months, four um, since April. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I guess not not that long a time, but like a long time by Solana standards that way. Um, and I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, they they've helped deal with some of the network issues they were having, some of the load issues they were ha- having. But yeah, this is not a great sign. Um, it's very very difficult, I think, for for people to get that bullish until you at least have like at least one year where the chain doesn't go down. Yeah, it's uh, I saw you money make that tweet out, uh, something like that. So it's um, it's uh, look like I don't know. It 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 sucks. Uh, I don't know how I would react if my NFTs money went not like at some point I couldn't access anything, even if it's just six hours, but it's still six hours. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, just quickly back to the Nancy interest post, and I'm gonna segue to our guest here, uh, David, just joined us on stage as well. But the tweet goes, feels like everyone was into NFTs last summer and now everyone's gone. So that's what everybody says. And he says, but stacks like users, transactions, and returning buyers are all higher. Volume is comparatively down bad, but seem, but this seems largely due to far lower and arguably far more reasonable prices. And it's Ethereum da- data that is showing. He tweeted this September 19th, so just two weeks ago. And we were at, uh, the line goes above 200,000 uh, users, right? And it goes, OpenSea looks rare, the mints, uh, X2Y2, OX, uh, including Coinbase. So there's there's a bunch of good stats there. Uh, I shared it there. But yeah, it's just like, there's like a, we, we said that. I mean, on this, obviously, like, we're pretty, like, bullish NFTs and tech here uh, on the on stage, and we always have been very openly as well. But like, look, like, adoption is still going, and I we're still very early. I still generally think that. I know, like I tweeted that last night. Some people were like, "Are you? Do you actually mean that?" I'm like, "Yeah, I fucking mean that." Uh, as long as there's going to be people that don't understand that uh, NFT companies start having secondary sources of income and revenue, and as long as people still think that, uh, then we're still very early. Uh, and so, <laughs> anyway, so it's just you know, um, it's good to see like um, the stats uh, stay on par, uh, though mm-hmm. volumes are bad and a lot of things are down bad. You know, things are happening here, and you love to see it. But anyway, so. I do want to. I do want to um, want to segue here into our special guest uh, of the day, David Greenstein, co-founder of Sound XYZ GM. What's up, man? Good to see you. Good morning, everyone. I'm, I see a lot of friends on stage and down below. So excited to be here. Long time listener. Music NFTs. I know. What what other topic is there to start off the week? Straight up, dude. I mean, music NFTs uh, is 
it's a banger tweet every time. Where, where, where is Koopa? I don't see Koopa in the audience, and that kind of disappoints me. Right? You know, yeah. Honestly, I, I, it's I, I, me I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a stand-in replacement today. So. <laughs> You know, we're missing we're missing part three. We need Sobi up in here. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to tax Sobi right now, dude. We need to host a space with David Greenstein, Koopa Troopa, and Sobi. Dude, I've been asking for that space for so long because there's some backstory. Sobi and I've been friends for a second because uh, we we're in some similar group chat, and I was like, "Who is this guy trolling 24 seven And then, like, I saw him ripping tweets on music NFTs at some point, and uh, yeah, we he's a he's a full character. And I know a close friend of yours, so dude. We, we need we need, we need Sobi in here. We love Sobi. Uh, he 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 crushed the show last Friday uh, with his uh, with his insight. It was a great conversation, by the way. Everyone should go and listen back uh, across all platforms. It was great. Uh, but yo, David, let's chat about Sound Sound XYZ. So you you founded Sound XYZ. Give us give us maybe an intro on like yourself. You know your background, and then let's hear about Sound XYZ and what you guys have built. Yeah. So uh, my background is like. Got lucky and honestly started working in music when I was way too young and got lucky and worked at Atlantic Records when I was 13 years old uh, because the CEO of Atlantic went to my high school and I started interning there because he came to speak and I reached out about, you know, interning. And that's where like I started studying the music industry and kind of just the relationship between like, you know, artists, labels, uh, you know, stakeholders and music. And there are always like two things that jumped out to me as like the main problems in music. One is how do you help artists reach the most amount of people with their music? And then two, how do you help artists make money on their music? Like that's the core of the music industry. I don't care if we're in web one, two, three, five, like those are the two problems. And I think um, I've always been interested in kind of mixing those two things together. I think, you know, in the last 20 years, there's probably been three main music discovery platforms with like, yeah, YouTube, SoundCloud, and now TikTok. And then um, you know, I, I think something like SoundCloud was like something where I've taken a lot of inspiration from, but, ultimately never paid artists um and then you know the platforms that pay artists like Bandcamp, never ended up you know being the coolest things of all time and a lot of this was just based baked in like how do you incentivize people to check out and discover new music because there's so much good music sitting on the internet and how do you ultimately help shape how we how music is valued because one thing that i was always bothered by is there's one price for the music industry has this weird obsession with one price for every song across like, you know, iTunes was 99 cents albums was like 9.99 when we were doing CDs and now streaming is like 0. 0.0003 cents per stream. Um, and so it's really just about like reshaping how we think and value music and sound was kind of my like life's passion. Like I've been thinking about this stuff for God knows how long and I spent, did a couple of stints at uh, Pandora and started a company uh, in the music space that was like a money ball record label before this that didn't end up working out and yeah sound was kind of born out of out of that you know failure and uh that's kind of how it all got started wow that's wow that's pretty that's a pretty wild background so 13 years old this guy was already tweeting music nfts uh, I, I've, been, I've been i've been living breathing sleeping music nfts since i was a child i think that was my, i think it was my first word Wow, yeah, music was your first, music NFT specifically. I'm yeah, saying. not music, just music NFTs. Exactly. So can I ask you how old you are now? I'm 27 now. Wow, that's okay. cool, man. Congrats. That's fire. Uh, we're like pretty much the same age. That's, um, that's really cool. Wow, congratulations on the success. And so, you know, you said you've been to music, I mean, you know, forever at this stage, you know, since you're 13 years old, you've been working in the, in the, in the music industry. And so I like to think that you have quite a good understanding of it, you know, how it works uh, behind the scenes and whatnot. And so... Obviously, music NFTs has become is is more than just a meme, right? The meme is awesome. It's funny, but like there is something to it. Uh, I remember early on. Uh, I'm gonna say it again, Mando. I'm gonna say it again. Should I prepare the song? 
Should I prepare the jingle? Hold Quiet. on. <laughs> I'm again. But early on, you know, during the clubhouse days, there used to be a lot of music NFTs. It was started, I remember, with Blau. It was awesome to see what Blau was working on. The clubhouse days were great. ETH was $4,000, by the way. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so, David. <laughs> so, I remember, like, hearing Blau talk about it a lot and then, like, seeing how it, the, the industry's grown uh, ever since. But, like, how did you specifically, like, you know, get what, at which point did you really get into Web3 and NFTs and say, like, you're like, this is going to be the future for music? Yeah. So, I've been in crypto since, like, 2017, just, you know, working in tech and screwing around on the internet. But I wasn't thinking about, oh, we got my friend Sobi, Sobi here. We got to get him up. Um, but uh, I wasn't thinking about, you know, building in Web3 um, until I, like, you know, was especially bored and started just messing around on, you know, Discord and, and the internet. And I was always, like, as I said, like, passionate about like how do you help artists reach people with their music and how do you help artists make money on their music and the web3 side of things like i get asked that all the time like why did i do this in web3 and i couldn't find a better answer and so the, the answer was pretty simple i wanted a fast transparent and accurate payment system for mu music which if you know anything about the music industry you would never put those three words in uh, anywhere near each other um when you talk about how kind of payments flow in the music industry i wanted you know uh, artists to own the relationship with their listeners because one thing that's still true to this date is that like no artist knows anything about their individual listeners on on something like spotify or any of the dsps um and then i a lot of like what was going on is like you wanted this like social proof that like hey you were here first that you know you backed this artist or this song um and you know if that was tied to my back end then if we go down the proof of view obviously um you know being able to show off that you discovered uh you know the next drake also goes down with it and that was about as like rational of an argument as I got and I was like I asked everybody like can you name me something that would give me a fast transparent accurate global payment system from day one and they didn't have an answer and I was like okay like let's mess around and build it and uh, I had a rule which is like we don't build things slower than three months because it could be the worst idea of all time so I was like I told everyone I'm building sound v1 in three months and we're gonna launch it and see what happens and built it in three months in two weeks we were a little little late and launched it in like you know mid mid-December of 2021 at the end of the year and just started getting uh, a little a little attention when the music NFT meme caught on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and so you got on early. So to just like straight question then, like straight up, dude, and, and GM Sobi, I see Joe Sobi's joined us, but I have a question and then I'll go to you, Mando and, and Sobi. David, like what is a music NFT? I think we need, I need to ask you that because obviously we tweet about it a lot. People have different uh, visions of it. I saw Cointelegraph actually, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to find it yesterday, wrote an article about Coin, uh, about uh, about music NFTs uh, being um, a good tier. Uh, music NFTs are a powerful tool to transform an audience into a community. Uh, this is from the Cointelegraph 18 hours ago. And so, yeah, I just want to ask you straight up, like, what is a music NFT? Yeah, I, a music NFT is an on-chain representation of an artist's song uh, and creates a simple way for an, a listener to be able to back an artist through their music. Um, it's just, it's like, I guess the analogies that often get drawn is like a digital vinyl uh, with some scarcity built in. I think uh, it's like the only experiment in music that's basically allowing anyone to listen for free. And then, you know, the collecting is scarce. And I think at its core, that, that that's really what a music NFT is. It's anyone can listen and, you know, collecting is optional uh, and scarce. That That's a pretty good definition. Uh, I like that. Sobi, what do you think of that? 
Hi, David. Um, Hi, Sabi. Well, <laughs> my thing about music NFTs is like, bro, I don't think we're going to find the next Drake like in this Twitter space. It's no offense to anyone that does like music. And I think, I, I do think the things that your guys are focusing on is interesting. Like, the few music NFTs that I own outside of like Ed stuff are on sound. Um, and that's because David is my friend and I think he is actually a stud in, in this industry. He knows what he's kind of doing. But I, one thing that I, I like that you guys have taken, which I think other platforms took that is like, this doesn't make sense to me, which is like the whole point of music NFTs being like, oh, you can share um, an upside, like financial upside and royalties and stuff, which that model to me makes like no sense because <laughs> yeah, like most oh god yeah like most music just doesn't make money and like maybe there's a problem with the music industry maybe we've devalued music that's a whole other conversation but i do like the <clears throat> i think like music nfts should be focused around like experience like experiences for the consumers or the collectors and i think um that point you brought up about like curation and and web 2 only gets you like a little bit of social capital i do think there's something there in expanding um the upside for curation for like early adopters of music and stuff because i've been listening to like travis scott when he was literally paying people to put his music on ill roots and like couch surfing in la so yeah yeah at, at its core music nfts have nothing to do with the traditional music system i, I think uh like today um uh, like the reason why the space even has any traction is because most artists don't make any money off spotify or not enough to make a living off their music the the, the reason why i find music nft is such a hilarious uh you know thing on twitter is because the like uh, you know controversially speaking like the argument is pretty rational um and in order to understand music nfts you kind of have to understand the history of music and the internet which starts with my profile photo with napster napster kind of showed that 20 years ago music listeners want to basically not pay for music and the music industry was like guys i don't think that's going to work out so we're going to shut it down and then itunes comes along and itunes is 99 cents but the average music listener doesn't want to spend ten thousand dollars a year on music so itunes ultimately you know, dies down. But one thing about iTunes that I think was important was that it was a very active form of music consumption. Like you didn't accidentally buy the wrong iTunes. You knew what you were listening to. And then Spotify comes along and go, it goes back to like kind of a passive uh, form of listening consumption. Uh, and Spotify kind of shows that, you know, um, that, that you can do Napster for nine ninety nine a month. And it's been working. But the main problem is what I said earlier, which is most artists don't make any money off their off their music. And then the, you know potentially the fourth segment is this thing called music nfts and as i said the concept is really simple it's anyone can listen and the collecting is scarce and why is that interesting it's because you're mixing active and passive consumption in music which hasn't been done before again music is like very extreme and it's consumer behaviors it's either all active or all passive spotify is like super passive today because you have these playlists and anybody and people listen to like you ask somebody what they're listening to right now, they, there's a good chance they say, like, rap caviar. That's not an artist. That's a playlist. Um, and so today, like, the idea of music NFTs mixing active and passive is something that's, like, an interesting experiment in and of itself. And artists are retaining their rights. They're not, we're not saying don't put it up in Spotify. Like, go do whatever you want to do. Um, and uh, it's basically turning fans into friends and building community around music. So the experiment itself is very, very harmless which is what I find uh, so interesting of how much attention it receives. So that's kind of a little backstory on why music NFTs make a little, little bit of sense to me. I think what you're describing around music NFTs makes a lot of sense. I think what the issue that maybe happened is that 
there were like a lot of different opinions about how broad and deep the music NFT like scene could could permeate into the music industry. Because um, I remember like the classic thing is oh they're going to replace we're going to replace Spotify we're going to replace all these like we're going to replace the current music system and I feel as though that narrative shifted probably in the last. Uh, I don't know in the last six to, to to nine months, whereas like eighteen months ago, no one was really sure what was going on, and I think there was a lot of like wild speculation. And the issue right now is that like the distribution model for someone like Spotify is so deep and entrenched in the music industry that it's going to be tough to like to get over it. But what you're describing, which is it's it's a very different sort of uh, value proposition, right? It's more like, right, it's very similar to what people are used to in the art one-of-one market where it's getting close to the artist. And often some of the value from the NFT isn't just the isn't just the piece of music it's right you get access to their shows you get you get you know personalized merch all this sort of stuff which almost becomes it, it conflates the concept of like um, access based NFTs with 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 music which I think um, will work quite well. But there are there are some like your business model is slightly different than, than other business models. I think that's that's also maybe yeah. good to like talk yeah. about because no one's really, although sound is clearly the most popular, or it seems to have come away the most popular. There's there's some that have tried to attach rights to it. There are some that have, like you have things like Audius, which is slightly different. But um, yeah, so you maybe give a description of like what you think, do you think this is the model that's going to work that now having seen all the different experimentation? Yeah, I, th- I think your first point is also something that's worth touching on, um, which is like the point of this, like we've, we were never like, uh, at least, you know, to begin with, like the point was not to replace Spotify or anything. One, it's not feasible. There's too many, uh, there's too many artists making money off Spotify and two, Spotify has 60, whatever million listeners. So music is always meant to reach as many people as possible. And then the most important point is like music industry has this obsession with only having one business model for music. Like I would love to live in a world where there's 10 business models for music. Um, and so today, like all the eggs are in one basket and I think, you know, that, that's why, uh, you know, with the music NFTs, it's, it's really like, here's this adjacent segment that doesn't really have much of an effect on like the Spotify side. If it's terrible, it will clearly go nowhere. And if it works, then it's paying artists money for their music. Um, and that's why, you know, nobody's being forced to buy music NFTs. No artists are being forced to upload. But, you know, I... I'd go as far as to say, like, almost every artist on sound, if not all of them, are making more on sound than they are on Spotify. So in a very small, you know, um, small experiment. But that's where the curiosity kind of comes from. I, I think the, the other to answer your question more specifically, like, again, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a fan of, like, as much experimentation in music as possible because it's been so artificially restricted by, like, labels over the years in terms of what's going on. So even if experiments don't necessarily work out, I'm still in favor of them being run. I think the main thing is I always look at things from the two problems that I talked about, which is how do you help artists reach people with their music? So are you helping artists reach more and more people and, like, actually discovering, you know, music? And then two, are you paying artists? If you do two of those two things, you are very you know, you're, you're onto something. If you do one of those two things, you're, you're also doing something. If you do zero of those two things, you're pretty much useless to an artist. Um, and so that's kind of how I break down, you know, other, other, other music companies, you know, in the space, but I think everything kind of, you know, serves its purpose. I think we're, we're just focused on kind of intersecting the two together, uh, in a way that hasn't been done before. So that's kind of my, my answer there. Yeah, I completely get it. And could we maybe go into the depth of like who have been the successes of the platform so far? Be to hear when you say, "Oh, they're earning more than Spotify." Like, maybe we don't have to go into exact details, but who have we had any like big breakout stars from these, or like people that have done really well? And maybe how much like 
if you are listening to this and you're a musician, like what what's been the the biggest success? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say like you know we've obviously done some bigger artists, but like the majority of the artists on sound are probably artists that you've never heard of, um, and you know are largely independent and up and coming. I think if you look at any of, I mean, our, all the data is obviously public, but if you go on sound and like there's a trending tab and you can look at all the charts and everything. Um, but if you but but I, but I think you know for the most part like artists like Daniel Allen, Oshi, Grady, uh, Amon Europe, Latasha, Pussy Riot are kind of like some of the, I mean, obviously RAC and, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg are two of the bigger artists, but, um, you know, most of the artists in the space are like up and coming artists that are making sub 30 K a year being paid out every three to six months, um, max, uh, on Spotify. And I think, you know, I think Daniel Allen just crossed like a hundred ETH and, in volume on sound um so it's like it's it's starting to you know and you're starting to see artists like go from like you know uh having like no following to like playing live shows which just like in i mean sounds less than a year old is what people also sometimes forget so just in that short time period uh it's been really cool to kind of see artists like start to get some like initial traction I, i still think like the reason why I find music NFTs hilarious is we're still so early on this that like no artist has had any breakout success. Like there are artists that I think are on that trajectory. Um, but if like, it's already like causing as much noise as it causes with n- basically no reason to do so, then can only imagine what's going to happen when, you know, the first, the first kind of breakout uh, example happens, but the majority of the space, like, you know, if you, if you're, if you're looking at like who's on sounds and like the drops this week, it's, majority of independent up and coming artists there's you know once in a while we'll do something a little bit bigger but the narrative is honestly much more like it means a lot more to people who actually you know are aren't currently monetizing their music um more than anything else so that's kind of the the gist of it i just wanted to i have a question go ahead yeah, I just want to hop in for one second and say I'm actually like a massive bull on on music NFTs. Um, like music is sort of kind of like the most important art type in my life. And uh, I was actually a musician in a past life. Um, and I just sort of like remembered when I first got into crypto, I like likened it to finding like artists early. Um, but like there was no reward for like being the earliest fan of the of like XYZ artists. And I can name so many that I was listening to their first EP or their first whatever and like at their first shows. And now they have like, you know, tens of millions of monthly listeners. And those songs are are definitely profitable compared to like they're still in rotation on all these uh, Spotify playlists um, from de- from like a decade ago, right? And so I know that they're making uh, good amounts of money off of each one of those tracks. Um, and so while most of them will be unprofitable, there's definitely diamonds in the rough where, you know, if you're part of someone's first like few thousand fans and you collect their early you know ep it's impossible that it would be valued at you know millions of dollars um and you'd probably be in some upside like on on the royalties on the back end um as well as having some like unique access so i don't know i'm still like a bull on the fact that like there's gonna be like a billy eilish kid that comes along and uses nfts and and that story of her early collectors or, or his early collectors and the success of the artist without the labels i feel like it's just going to happen and it's just about um sort of a matter of time um but i i am still a bull honestly on the the profit dynamics of collecting um music for like upside and royalties as well as the access i don't think i think for most people it will be like access but like in the end 
um, as like a like a, a music lover, like you kind of like love to see your artists like explode with growth and um, same with your altcoins and your and your NFT collections. And so I feel like there's just sort of this synergy between music, um, like collecting like really, really indie artists um, and like what that holds for the future. So I actually made a lot of videos about music NFTs. I was wrong about the timing because I thought it would happen this year, um, but a lot of things didn't happen this year. Um, and uh, and yeah, no, I'm just a, I'm a big bull on music NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, obviously, uh, uh, love that. Yeah, I think um, I think um, music NFTs are the the use the, like I think a lot of people like you know another famous debate with music NFTs is like the utility behind them. I think you know most of the uh, you know the internet can be explained in two with two things, which is one like social status and two making money. I'm much more bullish on like on chain royalties, like in experiments being run there, just because that's like the beauty of Web three versus like porting things that weren't meant to be on on chain and bringing them on chain um so I, th I still think that a lot of these experiments like you know there's a, a company uh called song camp which are friends of ours and they did an experiment um with this with uh, where they did like a headless chaos like a headless band with like 70 artists and then they had the splits like you know connected to the royalties um using like nfts so if you transfer the nfts you you got like a percentage of the secondary royalties so there's some like on-chain versions that i think are, are are really interesting and then too like i think people dramatically underestimate the social like half the reason why anybody's buying any nft is for the social status like that's the main utility right now and i think people heavily underestimate like what what is the you know the, the value of saying, hey, I discovered Billie Eilish or hey, I'm Kanye West's first fan. Um, and I don't think people have like, like, I, I don't I don't think anybody has the answer for like, what's that's truly worth. Um, and I think that's kind of the other experiment that's going to be played out as as one of these artists blows up. I'm pretty sure Ovi used to say that he found Ed Sheeran. Am I right in saying that, Ovi? <laughs> I did. I, I actually, I was the first person to discover Ed Sheeran. Long. Really? Tell us the story. Um, and I, need you to, I need you to prove it too. Prove it on chain, mate. <laughs> right now, let's go. Is it an NFT? Exactly. If, they, if it was a music NFT, I could have proved it. I could have been the original guy. Well, what's his backstory? What's the story behind that? How did you found, uh, find Ed Sheeran? I'm very curious to hear that one. Well, Holy shit, I never. I'm, I'm obviously making a huge claim, but I did used to be really into like, I always wanted to be that guy who was like, oh, I heard this band before everyone else, or like, Block Party was another one that I, I claimed to heard before everyone else. But, um, I just used to be really into doing that when I was like, like a teenager. Um, and yeah, I was just like, used to like troll through YouTube and stuff. Um, I guess SoundCloud as well. And just like try and find shit that sounded good and just like start telling people. It's like, oh yeah, like this is, this is really good. I think this person's going to make it big. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about that because I haven't thought about that in a long time. But if there was a way where you could kind of like make that provable on chain and, you know, actually own a piece of it as well, um, then, then I, you know, then I can prove it, and then maybe make some money off it as well. So, and and then um, the other the other thing is, if you walk up to Ed Sheeran right now, and I promise you, if you if you do this, he'll, he'll tell you. Uh, like, there's no um, like Ed Sheeran does not know who his first a thousand people who started listening to his music or who his top like you know listeners are or anything along those lines on the individual basis. And so, artists have never had the tools to even know who their first um, you know uh, listeners are. And so that that that's where like I get excited about like the possibilities of like what would they do if anything. But, you know, my belief is that they will do something um, once they like, you know, know who kind of was there for them first. And that's where I think the experiments kind of get interesting. So I think it's like less for me about 
you know, delivering all this uh, utility like upfront. And I think it's more around like as things grow and that artist gets bigger, like what are the, what are the, what are the experiments that are going to get run, uh, you know, in the future? My, my question about all this and like, respectfully, I feel like a lot of people that are all around music don't know shit about music. It's just like, Oh, I'm going to come into web three and make music my whole thing. Um, and some people are going to start running funds and some people are going to start running random projects. How do we get people that, are actually in the music industry that have a good taste for curation are like legendary producers. I see like James Fultroy is in the, in the audience right now. Hey, like, shout out to James. Like how do we empower people like that? Like those, are, I think if there was to be a fund for music NFTs, I feel like that money should go to people like James or if there's people that are um, onboarding artists and st- like, it, it just, to me, it seems super detached. Like it feels like, the only people that are like web three musicians are people that aren't seeing any success in web two. And there, there's a few reasons of that. Like it could be, you know, labels are horrible. Um, could just be like, like all kinds of different reasons, right. But uh, maybe access, whatever. But what about the, like to me, music is like very clearly like, Oh, there's like some people that are very, very good at this, very, very good at curation. And I just see a massive, like, unlike visual art, Right, which is kind of easy to tell, like, oh, this shit is fire or whatever. Um, and with, with also within the visual art uh, domain within Web3, there's, like, generative art, so you can prove it on-chain that this is, hey, a generative art piece that has an algorithm that you put certain inputs in, you get this output, and that's very difficult to do. But to me, I just see, like, and I don't mean anything by this to anyone, I'm just saying, like, I just see this massive disconnect of, like, a Web3 music circle jerk without any of the people that are actually, like, in, I mean, I guess, Dave, you're, like, a little bit different because you've been around music for a while. But, I mean, outside of that, like, it's just people that kind of go, oh, like, music's my whole thing, or I see this niche of music NFTs, and I'm going to go dominate it. And it's like, bro, like, you're not a good curator, or you, know, you haven't discovered uh, any of these artists. I just think we're putting people in positions of power or empowering people that are just happen to know how to be early to something without paying attention to big picture, like, Oh, people like James should be the people that we're getting, like, who is already in Web3, like, those are the people that these, like, funds and such should be approaching, like, how do we, how do we bridge that disconnect? Yeah, music is something something interesting, because everybody, you know, listens to music and has some opinion about music, so it creates, you know, this, um, (laughs) this, this thing that everyone thinks that they can be involved in, which is both, you know, blessing, blessing and and a curse, I think. Like what you said is both somewhat true, and then also like again, it's early. Like I, I think you know the artist community is like actually like pretty strong um, in terms of like a lot of artists. Like it's got the right ingredients for ca- causing something bigger, which is a lot of the artists in the space are a incredibly talented. B they're making music with each other and kind of like forming collectives, and that's usually like what starts to like breed a lot of you know success because when one goes off, the others all go with them, and you're starting to just see like a lot of uh, like a lot of like signals that like hey like when an artist gets paid like first thing they do is tell all their friends and then that creates more artists that want to come and test things out and again because the experiment is pretty innocuous you're not selling rights you're not saying you can't upload to spotify um you're starting to see just like like i think the artist side of things is like starting to move um and my my bet is like you know in the next let's just say six months um like you'll you'll have something like you know fully go mainstream um which is when i think you know you'll see a floodgate of artists i think one thing that i can clarify is like it's not just about money or making money i think you know music like what gets the traditional music industry like excited is like charts and uh you know 
uh, reaching people with your music. So I do think that the like you have to expand listening beyond just paying artists money. And I think that's good. That's that's an expert. That's like a whole thing that hasn't even started yet. It's really just about paying artists right now. But um, it's not just I, I want to clarify that it's not just about like helping artists get paid. It's also about helping them find ears for their songs and kind of, you know, help expand the reach of it, which is something that SoundCloud obviously did. I'd love to say something. Hi. Hello. GM uh, Lindsay. GM. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, I, I love this conversation. And, and um, David, I think maybe we've had you on our music show, Jeff and I. Um, I think that everything that everybody's saying is a yes. Um, how do we onboard more musicians? Well, I mean, as core you know, as, as a core group of people here who are in this every day, just, you know, speaking our, our mind about all sorts of ways that we can get creative with music NFTs. And, and like you said, it's not just about money. Um, but, you know, money is the, is the thing that everybody complains about. You know, it seems to me, and, and I work with a lot of musicians, I work in music, um, that the system is broken. And I talk about this a lot, a lot. Um, you know, everybody talks about Spotify and, oh, they don't, you know, nobody gets paid enough. And Ed Sheeran gets paid a lot from Spotify. I'm sure he has billions. Thanks to OSF. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And, and I love that example. And I love Ed Sheeran. I do. What a great songwriter. Um, you know, if he knew his first thousand fans, I mean, that would be amazing. That would be, he would be able to do so much and be, uh, I'm sure, um, show, you know, access, like you, you said, like give access or um, do wonderful things for the first thousand people who s supported him. Um, and that's a great use case. It's a little, a little early, but I'm like, I'm so amped up about this conversation. I just, and, and, I just think that NFTs and blockchain technology offer a new way. And, you know, I heard someone say, oh, this is just for people who are not successful in Web 2. And I disagree. I, I really, I firmly, firmly disagree. I think that for some, yes. And, and you could say that about any of the artists in the space, you know. Um, oh, they don't have a, a career in Web 2, so now they're here. Or they do, and they want to expand. Or they're kind of just fucking sick of the way that everything works and want to be on the forefront of a new conversation, a new way. And and that's what I think is really exciting here, is changing the conversation. So a smaller artist you know, goes into a negotiation with a label and has another stream of income or another stream of marketing and, and way of building their business that they don't have to be at the mercy of a, or, or get pressured into signing a 360 deal. You know, the, the conversation now has changed. So they have more confidence and, you know, the slowly, but surely the old business model where every, everything's at the top, all the resources are at the top for the, the best selling artist or that one selling artist or that big executive. And, and now we're, we're talking about a uh, more equitable future for everyone. Maybe not everyone. You know, there are some, some musicians where I'm like, oh, I'm not really like into that. But also I think that as a whole, 
we are starting to shift back into that old model of being uh, patrons of, of, you know, a collective of artists and really supporting them um, as opposed to the mass consumption or mass support, if that makes sense. You know, that, no. that's kind of like the old way. Old, old, old. Absolutely. Uh, no, it totally makes sense. Uh, especially in the, in the, I think, uh, David, Lindsay, and obviously, uh, Lindsay and Jeff, they all host the Warp Mondays every Monday <laughs> on Rug Radio, Music NFTs. And it's actually a great show because they bring on some dope ass guests, like literally like, maybe like cream, uh, creme de la creme of like, like music NFT stuff. It's awesome. Every Monday, y'all should definitely tune in. But like, I think it, I, I so a way like even media and content, right? Lindsay, like we work in media and content, obviously like here mm-hmm. at Rug Radio. But, like, we think about it in terms of, like, there's a distribution model that is broken in Web2. And it's not, like, Web2's fault. Like, it's not like, oh, Web2 sucks. But it's just, like, there's, like, a problem with 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 the way, like, things are being distributed and where, you know, also the revenue and the profits are going back to, right, David? Like, you talk about that a lot. Like, there's kind of, like, those are the two biggest yeah. things that I like to think the blockchain can fix. So music NFTs are that solution, Right. Yeah, I, I think like like this is what I find like the you know the, the all the competition on music NFT is quite interesting. Is like I, I can explain the Spotify thing pretty clearly, which is Spotify is like the greatest company of all time for the fact that they had to do this deal with the with the, with the with the three major labels. And when you do that, you're basically saying that like you can't exist without their content. Um, and so that's kind of it's been this like tug and war on like who has you know more more control over the platform. And if you go on your Spotify homepage right now uh, and you look on the homepage like you won't find a single playlist that's generated by a user it's entirely spotify branded and owned assets and so the problem is that like there's now more music than ever like i always say that the cost of making music has never been cheaper so there's more music like there's sixty thousand tracks being uploaded per day to spotify but the tools for like discovering music have like largely remained unchanged and so if you go on spotify and you look at their playlists like they're all human curated and they're all editorially run and that's great like i genuinely think you know people can have better ears than other people for for curating music the problem is that last i checked everyone still has two ears and therefore like you know i don't understand how you're going to listen to sixty thousand tracks per, per day and so the like you can imagine like the, the the amount of music has gotten bigger but the storefront is still the same size and therefore more and more music is getting unheard and therefore unmonetized and that's where kind of the experiment of like music nfts comes in which leans in a lot more into the social side of things leans more into like anyone can be a curator um leans more into like you know artists being able to support you know um so, uh, listeners being able to support artists through their music and i think like it does work for everyone like there's no reason why ed sheeran doesn't want to you know uh connect with osf over here and uh you know monetize his music um but uh it just works a lot better and it's a lot more practical for the artists that are like not getting their music heard right now and that's why that's kind of the starting point and i think in general like people always overestimate like you know the superstar effect like most trends in the world don't start with like the biggest artists in the world doing it. It starts with like the up and coming, you know, unsigned artists. Like, I use SoundCloud as an example, TikTok as an example, YouTube even as an example. Like it was always the independent class that like helped get that off the ground. Those artists are now really big. So then, so you, so you think that they were big when they started, but you know, the Post Malones of the world, the Lil Uzi, the Travis Scotts, they were all unknown artists when they got started. Uh, it wasn't, you know, uh, like. You know, it wasn't Jay-Z and Rihanna that were getting on SoundCloud early. Um, so it takes time to play out. But, you know, what will really define success is having a, a class of artists that started 
you know, natively in this medium and then, you know, become some of the largest artists. Well, in the I world. And I don't just think that this is like a Spotify, you know, conversation because I mean, hot take and prediction, and I'm sure it's already happening is Spotify is going to be in the space and that's, you know, how are they going to use this? I don't know. I don't work for them, but you know, I, I think that if, I think that it takes a really long time to break down a system or to fix a broken system or to, um, you know, to change anything. And it takes people, you know, people at the top actually saying like, mm, it's kind of messed up that I make, you know, $10 million a year in my employees. Cause let's just, let's just remember, it's not just the musical artists in the music industry that are kind of getting fucked over it's it's everybody at the bottom and it's just like a mess it's a messed up system it really truly is and I've, I've said this a million times i don't think that people get into music and working in the music industry and i do believe that the music industry is important that means that all the tour support, I mean, there's there's so much more than just people listening to your music. There's live shows, there's, you know, merchandise. There's like a whole thing that I don't think that an artist uh, wants to do by themselves and, and that I think is necessary and that I think is, uh, you know, it's entertainment and it's what we want as, as music lovers. And also, by the way, I want curation. Um, I don't want to have to work for it i like the radio sue me people think that's stupid but um i do i like turning on the radio and going like oh this this was brought to me or or looking at playlists and things like that so where i agree with you um you know i i think that people take those jobs because they are good at create at, at the curation so i don't know i think it's really confusing and um and I think it's also really exciting. And I, I love that this is going to take a long time. This for smaller artists can be really great to know your fans, have a connection with your first fans throughout the lifetime of your career. And that's what most artists want. Like if you ask any artist if they want a huge hit and just to make a bunch of money, you know, or do they want to have a long lifetime career of kind of like mediocre hits and just kind of living their life as an artist I bet you anything that they would pick the second one honestly but th that's just the musicians that I know so I don't know I think that this is this so that music NFTs I, are amazing and I'm just like wabbling now sorry for sorry I do want to be mindful of time as uh, the church bells in Montreal are ringing and it is uh, no. uh, yeah and so I do want to be mindful of David's time as well our special guest today uh, when it comes to to sound XYZ and music NFTs but David uh, do you want <laughs> but David like honestly uh, do you want to share like some exciting things that you're looking up to uh, with with sound. Uh, what should we be paying attention to? Can you direct people? Because we're, we're we're now like, by the way, David, I'm pretty proud of us. Like we're broadcasting everywhere. But like, hey, we should maybe chat. Like I don't know how we could bring this onto Sound XYZ. I don't know how that works. You know, the morning show, the shows that we, you know, like we're working on some cool stuff on the media side. But uh, is there a way to do things like that? And also then, like, you know, what you're excited about? What's up and coming for your company? Yeah, I, I would absolutely love to. As I said to Mando, I'm a huge fan of everything you guys have been doing. And, you know, 
as long as Toby's going to be there, I feel I feel comfortable. Um, but um, yeah, I think so. The main thing I'd love to love to cover is uh, we just launched like the sound protocol last week, and I think it's something that you know we had spent uh, a lot of time on and had some pretty special people helping out, which I'll get to in a second. But basically, like created uh, like you know we got the contracts so optimized that we were able to move from artist creator owned contracts to every song as its own contract now. And one of the cool things is the person who literally worked on 721A, which is the main NFT contract that people use to do NFTs, built the the sound protocol contracts, um, which is pretty pretty exciting. And so to deploy like a song contract last Friday was like seven dollars and an ETH layer one, which is you know pretty pretty cool. Um, and so what this is like basically been able to do is like the contracts are fully creator owned. Sound has nothing to do with owning the contracts; they're fully on chain. All the data is kind of stored in, in our weave. And it's basically because it's permissionless, allows artists to do drops in multiple places. And whenever we roll something out, we always like to pair it with like a really exciting drop so people can fully understand it. And last week, an artist, Rio Cragen, who was one of the fourth, who's the fourth artist on sound ever, and also somebody who's had some success in, you know, the traditional music side, like was on a bunch of Flume records, toured with all over the world with Flume, and basically put out a project on his own website. Um, so on riocraigan.xyz and on sound at the same time, like you could literally, you know, mint in both places, um, which I think is something that's really, really exciting because if you're a hardcore fan, like you might want to purchase through the artist's website because it's a more, you know, unique minting experience. Uh, but then sound obviously brings the discovery side of things from, you know, many people just come to the site every day just to check out, you know, what music is on there. And so historically, artists have kind of had to choose between like doing things on their own or like and getting the full creativity that they want and then, you know, dropping on like a platform. Um, and so that was something that I'm really, really, really excited about is like, and there's already a few more in the works of just artists being able to drop in like 10 different places across the internet um, and on sound at the same time. And um, that's something that I think, you know, deserves uh, a bit of a shout out because, and I, I guess we did it on Wednesday. It sold out in like five minutes and uh, we did the reveal and now the songs are available for playback on sound and they look like any other song. Um, so that part is something that, 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 that's really cool and exciting. So we're, we're going to be making the tools a little bit uh, even more open. Um, and so anybody will be able to, to use this factory to deploy their own music NFTs and pretty confident it will become the standard for, for music NFT contracts uh, moving forward. Hell yeah, dude. Well, I'm excited for whatever you got going on. I know you're always grinding. I love running to uh, different events here and there. Uh, actually, I ran into David Greenstein uh, at Snoop Dogg's, uh, <laughs> um, Snoop Dogg's compound fucking spaceship, whatever the fuck you want to call that. Shout out Nick. He's a, he's, a, he's a daily tune. I know he tunes in daily, Nick Adler. But I walk in. It's like a spaceship in there. I feel like I'm in Star Wars. It's sick. There's memorabilia everywhere. It's fucking fire, like ruins, whatever. I get into the studio, and here's David just sitting there. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, it's, I think it's, I think it's, it's formal name is the Mothership. Um, the but, Mothership. Uh, there you go. The Mothership. Which is what they call Snoop's uh, main studio. But uh, yeah, Snoop is one of the artists and his son Cordell has been and Nick have been like dear, yeah. dear, dear friends and uh, just like incredibly cool to be able to like learn from them. And I, I remember like hanging out with Snoop and he made a D's nuts joke. And, you know, that was that was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he likes those. He <laughs> likes those. He goes Nick. He got Nick on a, on a stage once. I got the screen recording. It was great. But yeah, I was funny. But anyways, looking forward to running to you more. I uh, like that. Excited for what y'all going on at, at, at Sound XYZ. I'll reach out to you, see if we can. I don't know how you guys can like, broadcast, whatever it is, like stuff on there. But, anyways, we'll chat about that. 
and uh, and thank you very much for for coming in. If you're listening in on other platforms, we had David Greenstein, D Greenstein one on Twitter, co-founder of Sound.xyz. Make sure you have a look, uh, and you can listen back on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, whatever the hell this, this, and that. Um, and then and with that, we'll see you all tomorrow uh, for another episode of Jam and FTs on Rug Radio, 10:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Shout out to my co-host, OSF and Mando. Big thank you as usual. Sobe, Lindsay, 55 and Simon. Golden, as usual, is going to post a thread following this about the show and upload us across all platforms. And with that, I hope you have a killer week. Let's get it. And it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. TMTM. On this beautiful day. Yep. Good morning, NFTs. With the Rocco, Seth, and Mando. Got the Alpha on Web3. We should put the jingle on Z and work with J6, who created it. That would be exactly. fire. J6, I'll hit you up. Do it. Let's go. Peace out, David. Peace out, fam. <laughs>